This is Process is Everything. My name is Tracy Good, and this... Blake Cook. How you doing, buddy boy? I'm blessed, man. I hadn't seen you in a while. Like It's been like 20 minutes since I've seen you. How's everything? How's life? What's it's going on? good. Um, I guess since the last time we've had a podcast, I... Uh, Chop your fu- thumb my, off? my thumb off, yeah. Get a, get a close-up of there. Just at least hold it up. We're going to zoom in. My goodness, great. What'd you do? How'd you do this? Uh, you know what a mandolin is? It's, uh, it's a guitar, like you, right? Yeah. Well, it is a guitar, but a mandolin for vegetables. <laughs> it just has a blade, and you slide it down, and it cuts uh-huh. potatoes. Okay. Okay. And I got and to the end of the potato. And <laughs> I got, decided not to stop. Well, I told my kids, I said, if you find my thumb in the scallop potatoes, you get a hundred bucks and mm-hmm. one year of good luck. Well, how's that going for your kids? They don't eat scallop potatoes anymore. They're, he- they're healthy. They'll be okay. Our guest today is Mr. Stephen Carter. He is a leader, businessman, and man, there's a thousand things that you are. Welcome oh. to the show. Welcome yeah, to the welcome podcast. Stephen, hey, yeah. man, I've been looking forward to this. We have too. We started trying to book Stephen like, you know... 10, 12 weeks ago, but his agency was getting crazy on yeah, us. Yeah, the hair just, and makeup, you, trailer. You know how that goes. But, well, uh, you know, you have to work those things out, man. Well, how do, first of all, people are interested. You are our city manager, and thank you for the job you're doing. We yeah. appreciate that. And how did you get to Albany, Georgia? I always oh, love man. to know. <laughs> all roads lead to Albany. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of a different story. You know, I, I'm originally from Georgia. Okay. Uh, most people don't realize that. I'm from a small town east of here called Waycross. Familiar with it? Oh, yeah. I graduated from high school, joined the Air Force, left Georgia, said I'd never live in Georgia again. (laughs) (laughs) And look at you now. Famous last words. Absolutely. I've lived a lot of places, done a lot of things. Um, The last place I was living was San Diego, working for the uh, San Diego County Office of Education. Wow. And uh, my wife, uh, mother, is here. Mm -hmm. She's getting older. She wanted to be closer to her mother. Somehow there was a job advertised for the CIO for the city of Albany, mm-hmm. and uh, she saw it, and the rest is history. And here you are. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, well, so. tell, tell us what you did there in San Diego. or what, what, First of all, you mentioned the Air Force. Yes. I'm a nerd. I love airplanes. Awesome. Thank Talk you for me. your service. Yes, thank you for your service. What did you Absolutely. do in the Air Force? I was an air traffic controller. So, uh, that's, that's awesome, awesome. man. That's a high stress position. Well, that's what everybody says, but it's just like anything else. Once you know how to do it, you know how to do it. You know? gotcha. So you're not trying to control all the planes in America by yourself. That's you, right. You have a team that does it with you. So figure out how to do your job, do your piece, do your piece well. Everything else is cool. Now, you know, we're big process yeah. people. I know there's a lot of processes in oh, air traffic absolutely, control. Absolutely. <laughs> what, what is the process to become air traffic? I have family who do the same thing. Uh-huh. What, what's the skill set? education that you have to have to be air traffic controller in the air force you know there's really not uh you know a real set skill set you have to have a pretty good aptitude as far as understanding things you got to be able to multitask quite a bit you got to be able to uh, handle stressful situations with calm and demeanor so that 
You know, when if you're talking to somebody and they're having a problem on a plane, you don't want to talk to somebody that's having a problem on the ground also. You know, what I mean? <laughs> so, so really, it's, it's just about you know dealing with situations. They train you well, mm-hmm. so you you see things all the time. You just get used to doing it. They have a book called Phraseology, mm-hmm. and that Phraseology book actually tells you how to communicate with a pilot, no matter what he says. There's a there's a phrase in that book that you're supposed to repeat That's back cool. to him. So, yeah, yeah. I tell you what, if my plane is going down, I want Stephen's voice Absolutely. talking to me <laughs> on the other end of that radio. He truly yeah. has the best voice in the world. Uh, you remember the Allstate man? I mean, this this commercial. Are you in good? Hey, you sound exactly like it. Will you do oh, this wow. for our listener? We have one listener. It's Blake's mom. Okay, one listener. Hey, mom, how you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, some of your family listen. But uh, no, she'll write you a letter. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, fan mail. Yeah. But tell man, do the are you in good hands? Sometime during the show, here, right. I don't want to put you on the spot. I'll do it for you. <laughs> we'll throw it in you there. Grab some water. Yeah. So tell us the transition from the military. Where did you go from there? What what kind of uh what kind of path were you on? Well, um, my degree is in uh, information technology, computer science, and I have an MBA, so I have business and, and computers kind of mixed thing. So as I was transitioning out of the military, um, Started working for a company in Valdosta, Georgia called right. the Griffin Corporation. Okay. They're an agriculture chemical developer. They have mm-hmm. real live scientists out there, you know, and lab coats and rats and those kind of things. <laughs> that, so, awesome. that was pretty cool working for them, but I managed their IT department. That was my first thing I did out of the military. Started working uh, with them for a while. Um, a company called DuPont. I think you guys probably oh, yeah. heard of them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, little, little bitty company. Yeah, they, they, they found out about the, the Griffin Corporation and what they were doing, and, and they bought them. Well, they came with their own group, so yeah. um, I became what the uh, the bridge called redundant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from there, I started working with the city of Valdosta, Georgia. I started their first IT department and uh, went, worked with them for quite a while. Uh, moved to um, Yuma, Arizona. Really? Uh, worked for the city of Yuma, Arizona. Managed oh, wow. their IT department for a while, then moved to uh, San Diego. Uh, working for the uh, San, Diego, San Diego County Office of Education. Uh, from there to Albany, Georgia as their CIO, uh, then as the assistant city manager, mm-hmm. and now the city manager. Oh, man, we're yeah. glad you're here. Now, somewhere in there, I've heard, rumor has it, yeah, that you were a referee at the college-level basketball. I refereed for about 25 years, high school and college basketball. That is Most awesome. of the people around here that have seen me before, before I actually moved here, knew me because I refereed basketball around here. How about that? So, yes, I, I, a lot of who I am <laughs> is developed through uh, me refereeing basketball. You know, uh, my decision-making process, um, understanding that, uh, you know, you make a decision, there's going to be a lot of people that's happy about it. There's going to be a lot of people that's mad about it. But you still have to make that decision. And no matter what decision you make, no matter how good that decision is, you know, you can't sit around and pat yourself on the back because you made a great decision. 30 seconds later, you got to make a new decision. That's right. Conversely, if you, know, if you think you made a bad decision, you know, I made a bad call. You know, I think that's the bad, baddest call I've ever made. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't stand around and kick myself because 30 seconds later, i got to make another call. That's right. Yep. So it helps me process things, deal with it quickly, and move on to the next thing. Did, you, know, you, did you have a lot of hecklers? Basketball? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know God, you did, yes. but like, is there any specific heckle that you remember? Like, I know you try to like block it all out, but is there one heckle that just stands, stands out. out among the rest? Wow, oh, I can't really remember a you know a specific one. I've I've had a lot of fans escorted from the gyms. <laughs> I've had a lot of coaches escorted yes. escorted from the gyms, but uh, there's not really one that uh, that bothers me because. 
you know, you kind of get used to that process, you know, especially in some of these large college arenas, you're going you're gonna to have 10, 15,000 people screaming at you. Yeah. And you have to be able to deal with that. And, and you know that they're there, but then they're really not there. You know what I mean? You, you That's just pretty, on that, that is a skill to be able to block that out. You know, and I would imagine I can see how as city manager, you know, we love this town. I think most people that do live here love this town. But I bet you get a lot of hecklers here oh, just in the town. And that's something that you have to block out. Is that something you've seen coming into that city manager position, a lot of the negativity? And mm -hmm. how are you able to block that out? And really, how do you take some of that as constructive criticism? Well, uh, you know, I've, I've worked in city government for quite some time. So I, I've watched this, you know. I'll, <laughs> Although I wasn't the city manager, I've watched city managers. I'm, and the good thing about watching other people deal with things is you learn things to do, but you learn things also not to do. Mm -hmm. you know, so you know, I think uh, you know, a lot of people think the most, the most brilliant people are the ones that learn from, other people, learn from their own mistakes, but I think the ones that are most brilliant are the ones that learn from other people's mistakes. So when I see things happening um, that's happening to me now, um, Nothing has really caught me by surprise yet because I kind of watched this process and I and I'm I'm one of those guys that kind of think through things a lot, you know, uh, not uh, not necessarily on the moment, but I think about things. When matter of fact, uh, one of the things that I try to do is schedule time on my calendar so that I have time to sit and think because you know the course of my day, the course of my week, you know, an hour where there's nothing going on is just not going to happen by itself. So I manage to. Find an hour every week that I put on my calendar that, and the only thing that I, that hour is for is for me to kind of contemplate what's going on, what my next steps are going to be, what's going good, what's going bad, what adjustments I need to make. But I just need some time to sit and think. So when I, I get things from people, a lot of the things that I get, I've already fought through the process, so I have a pretty good answer to it already. Um, one thing that I don't do is hang around Facebook a lot. Mm -hmm. yeah, Amen. Uh, yeah. Amen. <laughs> Let it be so. Exactly. Because, yeah. Um, you, you, you get all kinds of things on Facebook. I got a lot of people that talk good about me. I got a lot of people that talk bad about me. But I don't, I don't judge who I am in the process that I do based on those things that happen on Facebook. I interface with all kinds of people, you, you guys and other people all the time. And really what I try to do is measure what I'm doing based on how the people that I lead mm -hmm. re respond and how those people that I interact with respond. That's awesome. I mean, you have so much, you know, we've had a lot of great conversations over the last several months. And, yeah. you know, I, I feel like you have a lot of wisdom. I'm mm -hmm. curious to know, where did you get, the, are there a handful of people that really kind of poured into you growing up? Where did you get this wisdom from? Was it from reading books? Or are you just this smart naturally? <laughs> I like to say I'm just smart guy. Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> hey, but really, I've, I've had a lot of people that have helped me throughout my career, helped me throughout my life, you know, to give me some good advice, uh, kind of put me back on the right track when I was doing some crazy things. Fortunately for me, um, I joined the military at a pretty early age, and a lot of the leadership things that I've, I've developed is through uh, interfacing with people that I've met in the military and that process itself. You know, one of the really cool things about the military that most people don't understand is you know, you, I was an air traffic controller in the military, but it was about eight to nine months before they ever started trying to teach me anything about air traffic control. Because one of the first things they want to teach you is how to be in the military. Mm -hmm. So if you can't ever learn how to be in the military, they're never going to teach you how to do the job. You know, because yeah. I mean? yeah, it's, it, they're, they're really evaluating how much time and how much energy and how much money do I want to spend on this person, you know, before I even try to start training them. 
And I think if we could do some of those things on, in the, on the civilian side as far as mm -hmm. when you hire new people, acclimate them to the culture. You know, mm -hmm. Before you even really try to teach them what the job is, just see if, can you be a part of my company? You know, mm -hmm. are, you, are, are you really what I'm looking for? You know, then I start trying to teach you the job. So uh, that, that helped out quite a bit. I've uh, met a lot of great people in the, my military career, even after the military. Um, one of the persons that I really credit a lot to is a, it's a young man. His name is John Ellington. He lives in uh, San Bernardino, California right now. But the thing about John Ellington was uh, he was the one that put me on the road to get a degree in information technology. Um, kind of really wasn't into computers for a long time, but he kind of introduced it to me and found out that was something that I liked. And uh, that really was one of the catalysts in my career because I've spent most of my adult life in information technology. So uh, I kind of credit that guy as one of the ones who really kind of put me on the right path and, and introduced something new to me that I really embraced. And it, and, and it was really great for me. That's awesome. That's, uh, that's awesome. I think the great songwriter and the performer Sade wrote a song about this guy called Smooth Operator. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Now, I've seen I like that lady. Well, <laughs> and it was a great song, but it actually is, it does kind of speak to the way I've seen you operate. You, you've got, again, all sorts of uh, voices out there saying things. Uh, but you, you, I remember you telling your staff one time, I was able to hear him talking to his staff one time, and he said, don't don't bring the problems until you figured out some solutions, it's, right? Absolutely. So talk absolutely. to me about your process. I mean, learning the leadership that you have mm -hmm. to pass that on to make great leaders under you. A poor leader just leads people. A great leader makes leaders. Right. And I think you subscribe to that. Oh, absolutely. One of the things that I talk to my guys about all the time is I don't care what you think your position is on the bus. All right. I'm expecting you to be a leader. Which, and what I, the, the analogy that I give them is, um, I don't care where you're on the bus, even if you think you're the very last seat of the bus, if from your perspective the bus is about to run into the ditch, mm -hmm. it is your responsibility to stand up and say, hey guys, this <laughs> bus is about to run into the ditch. Mm -hmm. You know, because if you, you sit back there and then let the bus run into the ditch, and then say, hey man, you know what? I knew, I knew all along we were about to run into the ditch. What good, did that, what good do that do with me now? You know, mm -hmm. I need you to speak up. Before we run into the ditch, not at, you know everybody can talk about it after you run into the ditch. That's right. right. Hey, yeah, I need you, and I don't care. Again, I don't care where you think you sit on the bus. Mm -hmm. If you see the bus about to run into the ditch, it is your responsibility to stand up and say, "Hey, you know what, guys? We're about to run into the ditch here." I love that. So, so you got this bus analogy. We'll stay there for a second. The bus in Albany is going somewhere. Right. In your brain, in your vision for what's going on in Albany, where where is the bus headed? What's the, what's the future look like? Hey, the future in Albany is really bright. And the problem is that people don't have the vision yet. There's somebody has to see a vision and then explain it to everybody else and get them on board with the vision, put the vision in their head so they can carry that vision. Because a lot of the things that I'm trying to do here in Albany, it's gonna, I, I want it to outlive me. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna be in Albany always, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And once I'm gone and I'm doing something else and that next thing, uh, that next city manager and that next group of leaders come in, I wanna make it easy for them to deal with. There are a lot of things that I deal with even with people, with my board, with, with just the way we do things. It's not necessarily so that I'm successful, it's so that the guy following me is gonna be successful. What I wanna really try to make sure I leave is an organization that's well prepared. Matter of fact, 
they're going to be so well prepared that whoever the next leader is, they show up and they want to start, you know, trying to teach them how they're going to do things. They can say, oh, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. We already got a process. Look at this first before you try to change anything. Mm-hmm. I want, I want that stronger leaders behind me. That's what I'm trying to build in Albany. And I'm also trying to change the way people see Albany, the way they talk about Albany. I have this mantra that that if you anybody that worked with me, they've they've heard this before. Protect the brand, and protect mm-hmm. the brand mean, hey, the city of Albany, that, that the logo that we wear on our chest. It means something. It is valuable. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do everything we can to make it valuable, not just to us, but everybody that's around us. We're going to, we're going to wear it well. We're going, to, we're going to demonstrate what leaders are. We're going to take care of our people. We're going to do all those things. You know, we're still going to do the job, but there's, there's a lot of other things that's wrapped around doing that job that make just wearing that logo something special. And I want everybody in Albany to understand, protect the brand. Wherever you are, you're in Atlanta, you hear somebody talking about Albany, you should have something good to say about Albany to counteract that. That's what I'm talking I love about. that I like so that. much. I mean, people don't realize, it sounds cliche, but people don't realize, you know, these trolls on the internet and on mm-hmm. Facebook and everywhere else, they don't realize how powerful their words are. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And just by throwing out so much negativity, they're trying to push the bus in the wrong direction, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Instead of focusing on what is positive now mm-hmm. and how can we make positive impacts, that's why I think you are a great leader right now for where we are mm-hmm. in Albany. I think it's a fantastic vision. On that same note, yes. if Stephen Carter for 10 minutes had the ability, the control, the people on the team, everybody to make it happen mm-hmm. and to make the changes that you're wanting to do, what would you do? And you've kind of started talking about it. I mean, those are big things, right? Absolutely. What would you do? if you had that autonomy to make it happen. You know, one of the things that I want to make sure I do more than anything else is have good influence. And, you know, I'm trying to do that with that that group that we call the City of Albany employee base because I'm really trying to build strong leaders in them. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, when when I do my uh, introductions to our new employees, what I try to get them to understand is if there's a young man, a young woman that we hired today, and their only job today is to mow the lawn on the side of the road. If they have visions of being a city manager, it is my responsibility to do everything I can to get them off the side of the road mm-hmm. and into my office wow. to be the city manager. And, I'll, and, it, and if they're willing to work for it, I do everything I can to move them along the path and so that they're positioned to do that. But now, what I, want that, what I really want to happen is that type of influence that I'm trying to have on that group of people, they go out into our communities. Yeah and have that kind of influence on other people. And then those people go out into the community and have that kind of influence on other people. So we kind of grow this thing to the point where everybody in Albany is proud to be in Albany. Mm -hmm. Everybody in Albany is working toward doing something great in Albany. Everybody in Albany feels good about being Albany. Because sometimes I think we're, we're our own worst enemy simply because I think a lot of people feel like they're stuck. They don't have anywhere to go. They don't have a vision of what the, the, the new future can be. So it's my responsibility for, from where I stand. I have a platform, so I want to make sure I talk to the people about what they can do and how they can improve their own lives. The city of Albany, the government itself, that's not the vehicle to fix you and the things that's happening in your life. However, we can make it a lot easier for you if you just buy into some of the things that we're trying to do. So I'm trying to spread that message. So if, if I had 10 minutes to, mm-hmm. to, that I could, what I would like to have is a way to influence all the people in Albany who don't think there's any value or any future in Albany. Mm, I love that. Do you think it would change? Does that kind of thinking 
the servant leadership type of thinking is what I think about when I hear what Absolutely. you're saying. Do you think that kind of thinking could change the world if everybody would be selfless with their decision making? How does it not affect me, but how does it affect the future? What do you, what do you think would happen? Well, you know, if everyone had somebody else in mind when they did things, I think a lot of things would change. But, you know, and, 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 but I'm, I'm a realist also. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the things that I talk to people about also is, you know, because uh, they have things in their mind that they want to do about themselves or, or they think they're being t- treated unfairly. Mm-hmm. What I try to tell people is most of the time when you think somebody is really trying to do something to you, they're really not. You're just collateral damage. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, Nine out of ten times when somebody have a thought about something, they're thinking about themselves, yep. not you. Yep. you know? So if I do something and then you're injured by what I do, it's not that I was trying to do anything to you. And it's not that I'm anti-you. I'm just pro-me. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I'm trying to fix me first. You know? I'm trying to get my little bit first. And if I ha- you know, just happened to you know, move you out of the way in the process, it wasn't that I was thinking about moving you out of the way. It's just I was thinking about how do I get what I get. Mm-hmm. So I'm a realist and understand that the, nobody talk, nobody thinks about you as much as you. I don't <laughs> care who, what they say. They, okay, how much they say they love you. Yeah. Okay, well, you know, yep. there's nobody that thinks about you as much as you. So if you're the one thinking about you all the time, and you're the one spending all that time with you in your head, what would it be like if that person that you look back at every day in the mirror is somebody that you're really proud of? Somebody that's doing some really cool things. Somebody that goes to sleep and sleep well at night. Mm-hmm. That's that's what it's all about. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. So living in so many different areas from Waycross, Valdosta, Yuma, San Diego, uh, all over the place. Europe, Turkey. And abroad. Don't forget those. <laughs> what, what do you think are some of the unique assets that we have in our community that makes Albany special? Well, one of the really cool things that we really don't understand about ourselves is so go Albany, so go all of South Georgia. Yeah. This is it. People come from everywhere to come into Albany to do their commerce, their, their, you know, their entertainment. Mm-hmm. We, we are the hub for South Georgia. We have a pretty amazing airport out there with mm-hmm. uh, UPS is one of our anchors out there. Most mm-hmm. people don't understand UPS is flying in and out there all night. We move more cargo out oh, of yeah. that airport than any place south of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you awesome. know we, we have some really cool, th- we have a river in the middle of our town mm-hmm. that we have not monetized at all. Mm-hmm. We need some things Amen. around that river. Yes, we can really, Amen. Hey, I, what I really see, I see a really nice casino on that river. Oh, mm-hmm. nice. You know, the first couple of floors is parking, the next floor is of the casino, then you got some shops, and, and then you got you know hotel, and you even got condos on the top of that. I'm not talking like one or two floors, and I'm not talking about, you know, a couple of slot machines. I'm talking about when you go to Vegas, I'm yeah. talking about a casino that, that mimics something like that sitting right there on our river. God, that's yeah. awesome. Big dream. I love that. You, you got to keep me away from the blackjack tables, <laughs> Stephen, please. You got to keep – I've been kicked out he of too no many there. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> He's been kicked out. Yes. Yes. No, they love him, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not a card counter here. But, yeah, those are the kind of visions that I want to bring to Albany. Awesome. I know, and I know that's probably not going to happen during my tenure in Albany. But, again, I can't have a, everybody's vision, and this is something I truly believe in, everybody's vision should be beyond their own reach. Mm-hmm. If the only things that you're dreaming about are things that you think you can reach out and get your hand on, that's right. you're dreaming too small. 
you got to dream beyond your reach. Are, 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 you a, are you a book reader? Oh, Just yes. very curious. Most leaders I see, like in your position, and, and great leaders in general, I feel like are readers. <laughs> Just want to know, are you a reader, and what kind of books do you read? I read a lot of books about leadership, about relationships. Matter of fact, our team just finished a book called The Speed of Trust uh, by COVID. And uh, The Speed of Trust, it it deals with a lot of the ways we do things simply because we don't trust each other. We do things uh, in in the book, Mm. it's called a trust tax, meaning um, you call me today and say, hey, Steve, I need X. Yeah. Well, because we of our relationship, we can shake hands, you can get X, and we move on. Mm-hmm. But if we don't have that kind of a relationship, I start putting all these different hurdles up mm-hmm. to ensure that I'm not going to be injured by helping you get to X. And that's what he describes as that uh, trust tax. He has a, uh, a portion in the book where he talks about a multi-billion dollar deal um, that was done by two really large, rich uh, people because they had a trust relationship where they were trying to merge two companies and they were able to merge these multinational companies within a week you know and that is absolutely unheard of because just think of all the hurdles that's required for two small companies to merge you know what I mean? much less multi-billion dollars. exactly mm-hmm. but if you but if the top of that company have trust in each other I believe that what you told me you're going to do, and you believe that what I told you I'm going to do, we're going to stick to that. We shake hands, and we, we can sign a deal within a week. Mm-hmm. That's what trust is all about, That's making awesome. sure that you and, – and it, it takes time to build these trust relationships. To build a trust relationship, you got to have conversations with people. you got to be able to talk to people, and not just people that agree with everything that you talk about. That's one of the things I really try to do is make sure I talk to other people who don't have the same views that I have, who don't share the same background that I have, who don't look like me, who don't act like me, because I need that experience in my life to counteract those things that I have going on in mine. I have blinders on sometimes because I think everybody think like me, everybody act like me. I know the world would be a better place if they did, but I understand (laughs) that that's not true. (laughs) So I really try to make sure I reach out and talk to people all the time. Going back to what you said, people are very me-centric. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I heard a guy say in the news the other day, be careful before you start talking about what I deserve. What are your thoughts on somebody that's always seeking credit? (laughs) Well, people that look for you know, the limelight, they want to be the one in the front all the time. Um, unfortunately, you know, if you, if you look at any battle, the ones in the front get picked off first. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? So if you're willing to do that, if you're willing to lead, uh, that's one thing. But if you're out there trying to just get the spotlight, mm-hmm. that's something totally different. Really, the thing that I preach a lot is making sure that my people are taken care of. You know, one of the, I went to bat for uh, my group with the last budget. We, you know, we got raises, we got some incentive pays, we got a lot of other things that's wrapped around that employee that I really worked hard to do. And really the thing that I needed them to understand more than anything else, everything that I work for them to get, I don't get to participate in. No, I'm, I, I have a contract. My contract is my contract. Mm-hmm. So all the things that I'm working for, raises and, and incentive pays and other and vacation time and all those things I'm trying to get built up for them, 
I don't even get to participate in. Yeah. You know, yeah. so that's that's what I, I think it's all about. You know? Yeah. I wish more people knew that. Oh, Carter's trying <laughs> yeah. to get himself a raise. No, exactly. he's not. I he's wish trying I knew to get y'all a raise. In Washington. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so when are you going to run for president? Man? Not me, man. <laughs> okay. I am. I work with politicians. I work for politicians. You are not. But I'm not a politician. That's awesome. Okay. I love that. Yeah. What do you uh, What do you look for in an employee that comes to work for the city? Leadership. Yeah. That is absolutely. And and can you fit on my team? I have a kind of a. I don't know if it's unique, but the way I do the, the hiring process, especially for those that will report to me, is I have a panel of people that judge their technical skills. And then that panel will recommend people from me based on their technical skills. Then when I have an interview with them, um, I'm not asking them, can you do the job or how are you going to do the job? I'm really asking questions so I can understand who that person is. Mm -hmm. And then try and decipher. If I want to spend eight hours of my day with that, with person. that guy, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's important. That's important. Can I actually eat lunch with this person exactly. and not get grossed out? Yeah, I see Tracy more than I see my wife. Oh my it. lord, that's the point. And I'm terrible to eat lunch with. <laughs> so, so if I'm going to spend that much time with them, really, what I'm trying to evaluate is fit for the team. Mm -hmm. Will Will this person enhance my team, or will they come in and destroy my team? You can be the most technical sound person there is, but if you're going to screw the team up. Um, I'm, I'm, you're not the right person for me. You know what I mean? That is so that's really what I'm, when I'm evaluating people, I'm evaluating them for the fit of the team. Because awesome. I, I got something that I think is working, and I can't have somebody screw it up. You know what I mean? Okay. One of the things we tell our employees here is the fastest way to get gone is to create trouble within the ranks. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you mess up. We're gonna, we can fix that. Absolutely. But if you're talking trash about somebody else, you're gone. Yeah. I yeah. love that. That's mm -hmm. great advice, Stephen. Mm -hmm. Are there any other, uh, you got me going with this casino thing. <laughs> are, are there any other facilities, structures in the city that you see could be, you know, viable for us in the next five to 10 years? Kind of like that, but some other things that may be on your mind. Well, there's two things I think the city needs desperately. One is a high-end hotel. Uh, yeah. you know, when, unfortunately, when they were recruiting me to come to Albany, um, I, I stayed at a decent hotel, uh, but that is not the type of hotel that I would think would be the place that you would bring your dignitaries Recruits, into. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, you're trying to, you know, acclimate them to something that's really cool. So I think one thing we need is a really high-end hotel. The other thing that I think we need, matter of fact, the other thing that I know we need is a convention center, yeah. one that's big enough to house uh, you know, a large group, because uh, I go off to all these conventions yeah. about, you know, this, that, another thing, but we don't have space in Albany that can accommodate that, you know. Uh, we, we have enough meeting rooms if you, you know, kind of stitch them all together all around town, but that's not really how conventions are run. They're all centrally located, and there's this nice hotel somewhere nearby that, mm -hmm. that, that's hosting these people. So I think those are two things. That would really love to see happen in Albany. What are some of the things that are facing our city? Like I understand the uh, infrastructure underneath the city need, oh, yes. needs updating. And uh, <clears throat> there are some just crazy misnomers. And, and sometimes you see a soundbite from somebody who's against it and somebody mm -hmm. who's for it. But we kind of need the sewer system underneath the city to be right. Absolutely. Well, you know, as a city, we're responsible for the safety of our citizens. Mm -hmm and for providing those services that make those citizens um, a valuable part of our community. We do things, you know, uh, speaking of that sewer separation project, uh, 
That is, uh, you know, and I've heard people say, you know, the city have had 40 years to uh, take care of the sewer. Well, my response to that is that's probably true. But they hired me a year ago. Right. I had four years. <laughs> right. I can't, <laughs> so, right. I can't right. fix it tonight. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, right. you know, I, I, I don't know what the city did 40 years ago. Yeah. Obey wasn't on my mind 40 years ago. But I have four years to get that done. So what we're trying to do is make sure that that happened. The problem with it is our forefathers, they probably made the best decisions that they could. Um, they decided that uh, storm runoff and sewer could be combined in pipes to, to flow through the city. Mm -hmm. Well, the EPD says you can't do that. Well, unfortunately, the way our city was built, that was already the case. Right. So what we have to do now is separate those two. So everywhere there's one pipe, there needs to be two. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, now that's not a sexy project because nobody get to you know stand on top of it and take a picture and <laughs> do right. whatever you cut. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> but understand this: that sewer project is just as important as public safety. Oh yeah. yeah. I tell you why. Let your toilet stop flushing. Yep. You gonna have some yeah. trouble. And call the police and say, "Hey, my toilet has stopped flushing." <laughs> They'll start taking some pictures. Then <laughs> they're not gonna come. Okay, I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that is a, that's a big deal for us. We got to get that done, you know. So, and and the, there's this other thing that kind of swirls around the city that that I've heard people talk about is uh, our utility and MEAG. I don't know if you uh, the uh, yeah go into it. What, what's MEAG? <laughs> <laughs> that's the Municipal Electric Authority of Georgia, yeah. and uh, that is actually the source of the electricity that we sell. We don't produce electricity in Albany. We do not have a dam. We don't have mm -hmm. a generator. We don't have a nuclear reactor. None of those things are located in Albany. We buy electricity. And that MEAG group is a uh, collection of cities around Georgia who also sell electricity. So instead of the Albany going onto the market and trying to buy uh, energy alone, we pool our resources through MEAG and 39 cities buy energy together. We get a better price for our energy as we buy it off the market. Now, the problem is, uh, you know, I get a lot of, matter of fact, there was a, a, a couple of people that came uh, through our utility board today and complained about the high utility bill. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm a customer of mine, mm -hmm. right? so I see the same utility bills. But the difference is um, I've done quite a few things in my home uh, to make sure that those utility bills are or lower older homes. So we need our landlords to up the standards mm -hmm. on what they're doing in, in those buildings. Because when they complain to me that my rent and my utilities are the same, but you have to understand your utilities are only based on consumption. That means, you know, like uh, when, when your lights go out, mm -hmm. You don't get a, you don't get a, you know, if it's been out for two days because there's a storm that came by, well, you don't get two days off your electricity yeah. because it's not based on days. Right. Right. It's based You're on consumption. Right. Exactly. So if, if your lights are off, we're not charging you. <laughs> you know? But conversely, if you have an older air conditioner, you don't have your insulation in your home, uh, your windows aren't well, your doors aren't sealed, you know. You're trying to heat your home, but you're really heating the outside, you know. Mm -hmm. And then in the summertime, you're trying to cool your home, but you're cooling the outside. Mm -hmm. you know, so we have a lot of that. And trying to trying to get people to understand what that process is, 
that's a difficult thing sometimes. So you're telling me you're not sitting in your office setting the prices for the water gas lighter. <laughs> you're telling me that's not uh, what happened? No, no, not, he's not, got not, an, not quite. He's got an abacus in there. <laughs> yes. I need a little bit more <laughs> money. Let me move. Yeah. <laughs> I got to say, it works. I, I'm glad it's you tackling these problems. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So Man. so I'm, I'm curious. You have a, a, a lot of people you work with in the city, probably several, you know, that work closely with you on a day-to-day basis. Oh, absolutely. I'm curious to know, what are two things that people don't know about Stephen Carter, even that close-knit group? What are a couple of things that people don't know about you? They don't know about me. They're going to know now. (laughs) One thing is that um, I really like to have fun. I have uh, We have a job to do, and we're going to do it well. But I try to do a lot of things to make the job fun to be at, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing some things where we're, we're right now we're trying to build this um, process where we have different departments form teams. And we're going to have different events for those teams to compete on. And then at the end, we'll do like a, cor- a corporate cup or something. Oh, yeah. But we're awesome. going to cool. play basketball. We're going to play softball. We're, you know, we're bowl. We're golf. We're, you know, yeah. But, you know, all those teams kind of compete against each other to kind of see, you know, for some bragging rights. Oh, know? yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that is really something that I, I like. I like to see people come together and have a good time. Now, the other thing that uh, I don't know if they don't know this about me, but I try to make sure that, uh, uh, that my staff and everybody around me is aware of this is that um, – we really try to put something together for the whole person, not just that slice of that person that comes between eight and five. Mm-hmm. Because I realize that if if the rest of your life ain't in pretty good working order, then that eight to five ain't gonna work well for you. So, that's, yeah. gonna, that's gonna cause problems, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we try to put some things together to help support the whole guy, not just the slice of him that shows up between eight wow. and five. Yeah. There's so many good things and resources out there. You know, for so long, those things have been overlooked in mm-hmm. leadership. You know, like financial literacy or oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, relationships mm-hmm. and building. And like you said, I mean, if these things are falling apart at home, you take it to work and vice versa. Right. You know, and I think that is a sign of a good leader. Mm-hmm. What would you tell twenty-two-year-old Stephen Carter if you could go back and say, Stephen, wake don't, up! Don't do half the things that you did. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, but you know, the cool thing about that is it took all of the crazy things that I did to get me to the point where I am now. Absolutely. Any one of those things, if I, it, it could really change the whole trajectory yeah. of my life. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I was, um, uh, I didn't do a lot of things right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did some things right. And as I got older, I did more and more things right. You know, yeah. So, yeah. so it was a learning experience. And fortunately, I was in the Air Force. Mm-hmm. I grew I, I literally grew up and became a man in the Air Force. I joined the Air Force when I was 17 years old. So, I mean, I literally learned how to be an adult in the military. And uh, that was a valuable experience for me. It gave me some structure. It gave me some discipline. Mm -hmm. You know, it it gave me an opportunity to be on my own. You know, so there were some things that was really valuable there. But uh, I made a lot of mistakes. (laughs) Same. Same. So, Stephen, thank you for your time. Of course, we've had a great time here, Absolutely, but I'm gonna. Guys. We got to keep it going here. We play a game. Okay. And we call it first class or bus pass. We talking first class or just a bus pass? All right, let's 
do it. Now, this so. isn't Albany Transit bus, but Albany <laughs> Transit bus pass is, for, is first class. It's first class. Good answer. <laughs> so, Blake's going to call something out and give you the opportunity to say, if you, hey, if you love it, it's first class. If you didn't like it, it's kind of a bus pass. So, All right. here and we just go. Just a quick explanation why. All right, let's do it. Atomic fireballs. Oh, man, you know that's first class. <laughs> <laughs> Great story. Hey, I, I was going to ask this. How many licks does it take to get to the center of a commission meeting? <laughs> Fifteen fireballs. I know. I'll, I'll cut that. Uh, what about Zoom? You're going to get me in trouble. Man. No, 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 I'm kidding. No, no, I'm, no, no, I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm not we'll throwing you under the bus. What about Zoom, Zoom meetings? Oh, that is uh, bus class. Bus pass? I, I've, yeah. I've, I've uh, Zoom meetings were fine when we needed them. And it, and it it served its purpose. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, there's something about interaction. Think about the conversation we're having today. Now, we could do that through Zoom. Yeah. But, man, it's so much better doing it. Never the same. So yeah. true. <laughs> Never the same. I do love technology, but having <laughs> yeah. meetings is something special. Right. Uh, NBA referees. Oh, they're first class, man. <laughs> 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 Not that I'm buying something. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> So uh, Those one more, man. <laughs> Mac computers. What well, do you think about the computers of the Apple in front? Hey, well, I'm I'm kind of torn. Asking an IT guy because uh, you know I, I run a Microsoft shop. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of uh, Apple products. Matter of fact, I got one in my pocket. Look at him right? go. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm kind of in the middle of the road on that one. That's fine. Yeah. Drinking tap water. Ah, now I would say in Albany that's first class, yeah. and the reason I say that is because you know we have a Miller Brewing Company. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. and yeah. the reason they're here is because of, because of our water. Good water, yeah. hey man. So we, oh, yeah. we we do we do great with water. That's a that's a great point. Uh, Chevrolets. Uh, that's kind of a bus pass. On that one I'm, I'm a Ford guy. That F one fifty sitting out there. You go. <laughs> Hey, listen, we've had a blast today. Absolutely, man. Hey, bef- before you go, I, I need you to do me a favor. Can you what say you uh, you're in good hands with due process? <laughs> uh, okay. Put him on the spot, man. Really close to the microphone? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to need some royalties from this. Sure. I got Absolutely. you. I got you. Seven Absolutely. cent per play. You get a, right. <laughs> a Harvest Moon gift certificate. There you go. <laughs> Will I get actually get a get some food this okay time. Please, right. I have to tell this story we brought this the city manager came in to see us at lunch said at this table as a matter Absolutely. of fact he gave us a specific order I think it was like no wrap I don't want a wrap right. what was it had a wrap, a wrap. on like a veg, veggie it's wrap it's a veggie yeah. wrap the Good worst job. kind man so he had onion rings for lunch that day yeah like, man we gotta go to but lunch I came again back. we did and we gotta go to lunch and I'll give you one more than one more one more one more, more, one more, one more. <laughs> I do have to hear your right, what you one more process all right, guys, you're in good hands with due process. Yeah! Oh, <laughs> Thank you, Thank Steven, you for your time. Man. We love you, buddy. Hey, guys, take appreciate care, it. man. We we'll appreciate the time. Sir. Invite me back. We'll come back and do this. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. We got to have you back. <laughs> All right. Today's show is brought to you in part by Concrete Enterprises. Visit the Concrete Enterprises family of businesses at cefamily.co. That's cefamily.co. Due process. Standardize, onboard, and optimize. Click or call today. See how we can help take your business to the next level. DueProcessUSA.com. Process is Everything is a production of the Levy Studios. It's the right thing to do. Visit TheLevyStudios.com for more information. Subscribe to Process is Everything wherever you find your favorite podcast. Process is Everything.
you're in good hands with due process.